are now listening to well, Project Kayfabe. Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> the most unprofessional podcast on professional wrestling. Let's rock. Where you listen to our shitty little opinions and you kind of enjoy them. Yeah, paper That's work. cap. Totally cap. That means lie. This ain't your mommy's podcast. Presented by the WrestleBuzz Podcast Network. And here are your hosts, Joe and Quade. Yo, everyone, welcome back to Project Kayfabe, a wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your boy, I'm your host, Joe. I got with me my boy, Quade. How you feeling, Quade? What's up? Feeling great. I feel like a brand new person lately, you know? I love the whole content creation world now these days. Yeah, I, I noticed that you've been posting a lot more. Like you've been making some reels and stuff like that. I've on your, you know, the tech side of things. If you don't know already, Quade is a big uh, tech nerd. So you know, sure, he buys a lot of things he probably shouldn't buy, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's yeah. making some good content out of it. So go check him out. It's at it's Quade on Twitter, and you can check him out on YouTube. Let us know some of the stuff you're up to, Quade. Let's plug your shit. Yeah, I just released a new video, my everyday carry for 2023, which I love doing. So that's out there. Have some reels on Instagram if you want to check those out. They're not really getting views, but you know, I have fun making. I'm enjoying making them, so that's the you know, that's the most important part. You know, have fun with you doing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's about having fun. You know, sometimes like I don't know about you, but because when I post reels for uh, Project K Fabies or like uh, like reels or TikToks, like sometimes I'll take them down if I notice no one really watched and try again and see what happens. And sometimes that works. So I mean, hey, you could always try that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You always just trying, you know, trying the error when it comes to these things. Yeah, it's it's weird how like I just saw something about like TikTok, for example. They like someone admitted like, yeah, we kind of do pick what goes viral, what doesn't that, go viral. Yeah. So like, it's just so interesting how algorithms work. Like, uh, like for example, I post the uh, Mercedes Monet when she did her little uh, her new move to Kyrie at New Japan. And that video, like, I guess kind of went semi somewhat viral in the wrestling community. Like, it's still getting comments and views to this day from Instagram and TikTok. Like, over 600,000 views on combined platforms. And then other people will, of course, steal it and repurpose it and <laughs> not give credit, which is annoying. But yeah. it's just so interesting how algorithms work. Um, like, I'm going to, you know, brag a little bit. But uh, so Strictly Nonsense is my other podcast that I have that we talk about, like movies, TV shows, kind of just bullshitting, um, just fun conversations. And I, on the social media side of things, I post like clips, the, the things that I like. So I found a clip that's seven years old of some guy on Wheel of Fortune, and he fucked up tremendously on trying to guess uh, like the puzzle. And it was uh, the mythic, uh, mythological uh, hero Achilles. And he said, he said, Achilles. <laughs> and he missed out on he could have won a million dollars possibly so i put that on reels that got 1.4 million fucking oh views i love that 1. Video too. <laughs> like i and it was just something i didn't even like all i did was put it on a reel and put a caption and put a logo on it crazy i don't know how i don't understand how algorithms work but somehow they just fucking work man yeah you just gotta strike when it's hot you want to get something that goes go you know so all you need just that one video, yo. Yeah, I mean, it's, now it's just a hope that, like, and that's the thing, too. You can make content, like, I noticed this, like, you make content about other things, or, like, if it's not, like, if you could repurpose other people's content, like a clip of something, and then it could go viral. But then when it's like, oh, come listen to my podcast, <laughs> 10 likes, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's so annoying how people work. Uh, but people just need to support other people on their ventures, so... You know, I support Quad A and what he does. He supports my thing. So that's what you got to do here. And we support everyone in the WrestleBuzz podcast network feed. We are a part of it if you are listening. I know it kind of we kind of went off on a tangent, but uh, this is Project Kayfabe. We're going to talk about TNA 2010 uh, for the first time since December 7th, I think, because we've just been so busy talking about everything else and we took a little hiatus. But we are going to talk about an episode of TNA that was lackluster, but also weird and also just kind of reminds you to appreciate what you have now in wrestling <laughs> like honestly like it used to be so much worse so i think i'm i'm learning to appreciate what we have 
But uh, before we get into it, I just want to plug the other shows on the on the feed. So we have the Wrestling Journal podcast with Joseph Crush and the boys. Go check that out. They do a great job, you know, going over your week in wrestling and sharing like, you know, what's happening in the WWE, AEW, top news. Uh, then you got off the, uh, from the top rope with Courage Brooms. He does a great job, you know, of talking about wrestling news and some of the biggest things uh, that is are coming up in the week of wrestling. And he has his own opinion pieces that he adds on there. Um, this week, actually, there's plenty of stuff for you to listen to on the feed. So uh, just this past, uh, what was it, today's the 25th? So on Monday, we there was two episodes that dropped. Uh, one was the Wrestling Journal, the weekly episode. Uh, and then the Royal Rumble prediction show that Gurge, uh, Joseph Crush, and myself, we both did our little predictions. And it was a good episode. Go check that out if you want to hear a lot of wrestling predictions for this Royal Rumble. Uh, we're going to talk about Royal Rumble just a sec since me and Quade can have a little conversation. I want to hear what Quade is thinking. Um, so you, if you're listening now to Project Kayfabe, that's the other episode that came out this week. And then on Friday, we're going to do a little uh, little game show. So go take a listen to that episode when it drops tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the biggest things there. Let's plug the social media. Uh, you can check out Project Kayfabe at, at Project underscore Kayfabe on both Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can go check out WrestleBuzz at WrestleBuzz on Instagram, and then with at WrestleBuzz with three Zs on Twitter. And you go check out anything that Gurge Brooms is up to with at I Hate Gurge Brooms on Instagram and at From the Top Rope Podcast on Instagram as well. And then uh, you can check out anything I'm doing at JoeBro316. Uh, uh, I've been streaming a lot lately, so if uh, you're listening to this, go check me out on Twitch. And then Quad A got his stuff going on at It's Quad A. Uh, that you can find them on Twitter. And is that your Instagram handle too, right? It's Quad Yeah, a? pretty much everywhere. All right, so go check us out. Support the stuff we do. Go check us out. Also, I never, I always forget, but Pro Wrestling Tees, you can find WrestleBuzz at, at, uh, at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. We do have the WrestleBuzz shirt up there. More shirts in the work. Possibly a Project Kayfabe shirt in the work as well, too. I got to figure that out. Uh, but with all that being said, let's do a little quick look at some of the biggest things or not biggest but some things that i want to talk about that's happening in wrestling in the past week with a little bit of a royal rumble prediction just to hear what quite has to say and then uh let's talk about this episode of tna uh so we're only going to talk about two things that have happened really this week and then i want to hear what quite has to think about the royal rumble uh specifically the rumble matches uh but one of the things i do want to talk about is this raw 30 just happened that was a pretty good show, not going to lie. I mean, the ending was a little bit weird uh, for what they ended up doing with, uh, well, with two things, the Steel Cage match and the uh, Bobby Lashley stuff. But uh, there, there's still some good stuff within that. Um, and, you know, Raw 30, even though the week before, or I think the week before that was when they really celebrated 30 years. And you know, it's still sad to see that they didn't go to, like, MSG or the Hammerstein, even though they will be in Barclay on February 13th. But uh, Raw 30, the first time I've seen Legends on an episode of Raw, and I didn't hate it most of the time. Like, that was a good episode of Raw. What did you think, Wade? Yeah, actually, like, that That was actually really good. Like, I was on, on Discord, just like, no Legends buried any any talent. You know, they, they'll use appropriately. They had not, most of them acknowledge that they're very, very old and shouldn't even be, like, just pretend to take moves or taking bumps, anything like that. Um, and, like, the, the rest of them was good. The storylines was great. Um, yeah, I, I really had no issues with the with Raw, except for, like, the women's match, but that was really it. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't understand why they had to cut... Well, actually, no, I, I do understand, but, um, they said that the reason why they cut the Steel Cage match was because the, uh, trial of Sami Zayn went too long, which, by the way, that was phenomenal television. I'm happy that it went over, because every moment of it worked. But I saw someone on Twitter say, okay, that went too long, fine. But you showed us like five different times of them playing poker and stuff like that. You could have cut half of that shit out just so we could have got Bailey versus uh, Becky in the steel cage. Because I was really looking forward to that. Imagine being the people that set up that fucking ring, who set up the steel cage, and then you're like, LOL, not using it. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. <laughs> like they really brought the whole cage for what? And honestly, they cut. They probably could just cut Mick um, Flair <laughs> and Charlotte, and the show would have been like, and give that time to Becky and Bailey. They really could have. And you know, another thing too, like 
I mean, maybe, well, no, they could have still made it work. But, like, for example, I thought maybe the last minute we're going to change the Austin Theory-Bobby Lashley match to be a steel cage match because mm. the crowd came for a steel cage match and you didn't give them a steel cage. You could have just put the cage on there. And I don't know. You could have told Brock to break the cage open, you know, like oh, yeah. to, if, he, if he was going to – like, that would have been badass. I mean, what we still got was pretty badass, even though he kind of just helped Austin Theory win the match. And, you know, we're going to get Bobby versus Brock probably at Mania. but. Uh, yeah, that was the only big gripe I had with everything that happened. Oh, also, they didn't use Limp Biscuit when Undertaker <laughs> came out. That was annoying, too. But uh, overall, first time in a while, I could say a show of Legends, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, that was, that was honestly a really good show. And that Sami Zayn second was like ice on the top. It really was, man. Like, that shit sold me. Like, Sammy can take the titles off of Roman with with what they did here. Or kind of like what I'm hoping is if Cody wins the Rumble, Sammy gets like, you know, Cody goes after one, Sammy finds a way to get the other. I don't know. A perfect world, they would both be champions. And also, we're splitting the belts in this perfect world. So it would be dope. Uh, but overall, pretty good show. Uh, and other things that have happened this week, uh, before the show, they announced uh, John Cena as the cover star for WWE 2K23. Uh, really excited about that just because, sure, Cena's been on a lot of covers, but we've had 20 years of Cena, and Henry's never going to listen to this because Henry's a shitty person. <laughs> but he ain't going to listen to this podcast. He don't know how for some reason. I don't know. Just bullshit. But he's like, oh, come on. We've had Cena so many times. I'm like, well, it's 20 years of John Cena, and more than likely we're going to get a showcase of him. He's like, but what about 20 years of Brock or Shelton or Randy? I'm like, I mean, they're all probably included besides Shelton anyway. They're going to be all in the showcase more than likely. And also, Cena's bigger than all of them, you know? So it makes sense to put him uh, as a cover star. And we got three versions of the of the cover. It's annoying that only one of them really goes on physical copies. I think maybe the one which is the coolest one, which is the Doctor of Thugonomics, that one will come out physically as well too, I think. But then the Icon one won't, at least going off of what last year. But yeah. John Cena's in there. They've confirmed his showcase will be unlike any other that they've done before. So this time you're going to play as all the people who have uh, beat John Cena. And your goal is to beat him again, um, which is interesting. So that'll be a cool different approach rather than going through every cool moment he's had, like where he wins. You get to see a lot of his L's, which also kind of like, you know, or big in his career, like the RVD loss he took at uh, One Night Stand was crucial for mm. RVD's career, crucial for his, just shows like, yeah, he can put people over, he can do what's good, you know, he can do, like, Cena has lost so many matches, and people used to only f- focus on the fact that he was on top for so long, which, you know, understandable, but come on now, it's John Cena. Um, so what do you think about that? What do you think about this showcase? Oh uh, yeah, I'm hyped to play the showcase. Like, I, I I enjoyed the Raven Steel showcase last year. I thought it was pretty good, but I'm I'm like super pumped for Cena one because like I've been watching some uh, Cena old Cena um, matches. I wanted to watch his run from 2000 state from 2005 to like I guess 2008 or so. So I was like watching his old pay view matches. So I was like getting hyped up just like doing that. So to be able to now play through the showcase and play through some of his like. I guess most important losses is going to be dope. Um, I can't wait to play as like the RX said that one night stand match. Um, what else is there? Like there's a Batista match in there that's going to be dope. Kurt Angle. So there's going to be some really good feels that um, to play through. You know, obviously one's going to be missing, which would have been awesome, but it's okay. We'll live without it. And by that, you mean the CM Punk one? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that sucks, but who knows? I mean, there's still a chance maybe CM Punk comes back this year, apparently, <laughs> so we'll never know, but I'm looking forward to it. I just really hope that we get to play a lot more than we did in the Rey Mysterio one, because I hated the amount of times that you would play a match and then it cuts to a clip mid-match. Also, that was horrible for, like, streaming or putting it on, like, well, like, putting it on YouTube because you'll lose monetization immediately because of the amount of times that they're showing, like, those clips. So, it would be cool as hell if, you know, they just let you play a little bit more. Like, I like the... Back when they did the Attitude Era one for WWE 13, that was a cool... That was a cool one. So, it would be cool if they could do something similar like that. Like, animate more of, like, the clips rather than giving us clips. Yeah, uh, I, I like when they animated because, like, to me, that was like 
I don't know. It, make, it just it just makes it feel I don't know more involved. Like yeah, the clips are cool and everything to like watch clips. But if I don't watch clips, I just watch it on Peacock. <laughs> so like, I want to see it actually animated. You know? No, one hundred percent. But yeah, so that game's coming out in March, I believe. I think it said March seventeenth. But if you order the Icon edition, you get it like the fourteenth, which. I probably will end up getting the icon just because I know the ruthless aggression packs on there and you get the season pass. So that's probably what I'm going to do, but that's 120 bucks. That's fucking annoying. <laughs> Games cost way yeah. too much nowadays, but that they have an official release date. While AEW fight forever is still unknown, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Makes but no that, sense. <laughs> yeah. I saw something the other day. Yesterday was like, oh, it's because of their rating issue or some bullshit. I'm like, you've had this announced for so long. People pre-ordered this game, I feel, almost like like almost eight months ago. Like, come on now. Just give it to us already if it's ready. But um, anywho, last part before we jump into conversations about TNA 2010. Um, Royal Rumble. So I've given a lot of my predictions on the prediction episode that you can go listen on this feed. So I'm not going to say too much. But Quade, I want to hear what are your thoughts. Who do you think is going to win the men's and women's Rumble? Uh, who do you expect to be surprised about? And uh, any other big things you think happening here? So Quade, I'm going to give you this time to you tell us what you're feeling about the Rumble. Yeah, so I think for so I'll start with the women's Rumble match. I... I'm going to go with the general consensus. I think here is really Ripley. So I, I probably am going to agree with it. I was on the Naomi train for a while, and I still kind of am on the, the, the Naomi train. I'm like 50-50 right now. I do think she's going to pop up in the room, but I think she's going to return. She's going to come back home to WWE and do her thing there uh, while Sasha Mercedes is out doing who knows what um, in New Japan. And see, I think I think Naomi shows up, I think. Um, but I do think we're really going to win in that match. I think we're going to have some cool surprises in that match, though, because by the looks of it, there's only six confirmed women in that match. So, I mean, there's a lot of room for surprises. Um, I think you might see maybe Chelsea Green. There's some, there've been rumors about her for a while now. That'd be pretty cool. Um, probably some NXT people. Uh, I want to I see Tiffany Stratton in the match because I, I seen her do a, a, do a moonsault last night in NXT that just looked like... Probably the best moonsault I've seen, like, in a long time. So that was pretty dope. Uh, so I hope she's in the match. And, yeah, I think it's, I think it should be a fun one. But, yeah, I think Rhea Ripley does win. Um, for the men's match, you know, this one is, I think, you got to go one option. There's only one option, in my opinion. That's going to be Cody Rose. If Cody Rose don't win this match, I think it's a bust. Like, because people out there saying Sami Zayn, Sami, Sami, Sami. And I think Sami Zayn is a good option, too. But it's just not... A Cody option. It doesn't excite me as much as Cody does. I think this is Cody's time. I think it's finally time to give him the title. So why not have him win the Rumble and maybe WrestleMania at, at the same time? I think that'd be pretty dope. Um, for surprises for the Rumble, Rumble match, though, I have no clue. I honestly don't know. I don't know what to expect, you know, at this point in time. But it'll be cool if we get, like... This room's about Jay White, but I think he's on the contract until February, so that might not happen, I guess. But that would be pretty dope if somehow WWE works out a deal to get him there early. I think that'd be pretty nice. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect for the, the men's rainbow match for the first time. So I think in terms of like the surprises, I'm excited and I hope they deliver. Honestly, I'll to see even Shane come back, making Final Four again. I won't even care. <laughs> You'll put him in the final four. <laughs> I would, yeah. Uh, why not? That's a hot take. That's a hot <laughs> take. Put Shane McMahon as a final four when Shane McMahon has no business being in there. He should be. That's he that. should. He should eliminate Sammy. Sammy's the match. Let, let Shane do it and let people go crazy. I want to see the for a guy the... that doesn't even like FTR. That's that was one of the worst takes I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Shane McMahon fan. I don't know what to say. Wow. Well, uh, going back to the women's one, I agree. Rhea Ripley, it makes sense. It would be one of the it, – she. it's her time. She needs this spot because she is over. She is hot. Um, what else? Uh, Tiffany Stratton would be cool. She must be a big Christopher Daniels fan because that's the best moonsault ever. I mean, even AJ yeah. Styles retweeted it, say BME, which is cool. I think, like, if I were to ever do a moonsault, it would probably be the BME because it just looks good. Like, it's hard to fuck it up. So it did look pretty nice. Um for the men's rumble, yeah, I'm expecting it to be Cody, especially because I think I said this in the uh, prediction episode, so go check it out. I'm just going to reiterate, they've like shown us so many video packages where it's like you're making us so invested in the return of Cody. You booked it that he returns at the rumble. Everyone expected him to show up anyway, so I understand why you would just say it. 
especially because you have surprises that are big. Uh, so don't worry. Um, if they don't go with Cody, though, I could see like somehow a Sammy or a Seth Rollins. You know, Seth Rollins sure has won before, but like I think people wouldn't be upset if he ended up winning and going against Roman because I pe- I feel like people want him to go against Roman again. Uh, so I wouldn't be too upset if that happens. But I think it is time for Cody to be you know up going for uh, the gold. But who knows? They could also wait till like somehow SummerSlam. I don't know how long they want to prolong this, but. It would be pretty cool for surprises. Yeah, Jay White would be pretty fucking sick. I'm expecting. I would think it would be cool. Uh, Nick Aldis might probably show up. Uh, Matt Cardona is always an option, possibly. Uh, Great Muda is my biggest one that I'm like, the Great Muda should show up because oh, yeah, he's doing yeah. his retirement tour. Um, Edge should be making oh, a comeback yeah, at some point. So <laughs> I'm expecting an Edge. Um, obviously I think he just went through another surgery, but man, it would be cool if Randy came back and yeah, I think those are my biggest ones that I could think of for biggest, like, you know, come, um, like returns or debuts or anything like that. So we'll see what happens. I'm expecting this rumble to be fun. I'm going to be, uh, at a friend's place with Finn and we're going to be, uh, getting drunk watching this. And, uh, I got some Mountain Dew pitch black, so I'm going to drink some with some vodka, you know, for that pitch black match. I'm going to get some Stone Cold IPAs, so should be good. Should be good. Yeah, you, and, make uh, it, you make it that pace, and Stone Cold might just show up himself. That is true. I mean, there's still the opportunity for a Stone Cold because all those workouts, and he's trying to say, oh, I'm just working out. You know, all right, Stone <laughs> like, Cold. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You, I'm pretty sure you've been working out for years, but now you're just recording <laughs> it and putting it public. And then, you know, it's still. It's still an option, even though, like, you know, I don't trust anything anything Dwayne has to say anymore after Black <laughs> Adam. But, um, you know, the poster has a lot of electricity on it for the, you know, most electric man in sports entertainment. You know, uh, I, you know, there's I think they made that poster just because it's cool. In the off chance, he is free. He fits perfect for this. I think either, you know, he doesn't have to win the Rumble, but he could always show up at the end of the Kevin Owen-Roman match. But we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll be, uh, you know, I wanted to maybe take a break next week, but if the Rumble and a lot of big things happen there, you will probably hear an episode of Project KFA discussing everything that went through. But with that being said, let's go talk about some TNA in 2010. Get Mick Foley out here right now. We got something we gotta work out. We might be able to turn him into an asset. He could have put me in the hospital for crying out loud. If I had attacked you, you wouldn't be standing here today. They would have carried you out of my office on a plate. Either work it out or walk out. And that's up to Eric. Why you may not want to work for me. Two people who are very close to you do. Abyss. Jeremy Borash, Mick, I have their careers in the palm of my hand. So you think about that, Mick. Might want to reconsider. Have a nice day. AJ, you went from a hero to a punk ass one night. I have a qualifying match for the eight-man stud tournament. When I win that tournament, it's going to be you and me one more time, AJ Styles. You accused me of something that I wasn't guilty of. And I told you I'd get to the bottom of it, and I did. I screwed Brett in the same way I did Kurt Angle the other night. Why would you do that? For the money. I got a big check from Flair, and it was well worth it to me to do that. When you spit in my face, that's unacceptable. If that ever happens again, you can consider yourself unemployed. I am going to apologize to you because what I did was wrong. Everything that happens in this ring, you are held accountable for. Wait, who the hell is that? What? Oh, that six pop. These guys don't even work here. They don't even have contracts. What the hell is this? If I have to start at the very bottom of the ladder, I'll work my way up step by step. We can trust you to go in there and have a phenomenal match against Ken Anderson in the main event. Eric had wrestled in seven months, man. Oh, but you're a phenomenal athlete. I'm sure you're going to be just fine. This is best for TNA. Jeff has not competed here in TNA in some seven months. Mr. Anderson is not a two-belt match, if you know what I'm saying. Eric is looking at this as a real gut check. Just when Jared went for this group, the low blow by Mr. Anderson, and the referee never saw it, and he got the three count. Jeff... It's going to be a long, hard climb to the top of my mountain. (laughs) So, Quade, we got this episode of TNA, February 2nd, 2010. Obviously, it was taped 
Uh, this was taped. I think I saw that it said taped on January eight twentieth. Uh, so like a whole twenty, like 10, 10, 12 days beforehand. <laughs> TV rating of a one point two. Uh, before we get into just breaking down the card and some of the events of tonight, so well, of their show, what did you? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was, a, I thought it was more, honestly, I thought it was more watchable than some of the other episodes. I, I, I don't think I, I hated that much, to be quite honest with you. I, I think it was watchable. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'd say that. I could, um, I'd say it was watchable. It was not great still, but yeah, watchable. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is still moments where I'm like, oh, this is just like wacky. I think they gave Christy Hemi like five different interview segments <laughs> in this show. I was like, oh, Christy Hemi. Oh, Christy Hemi again. Oh, it's Christy Hemi. But not the worst thing I've seen in a while, but it's another one of those shows where the wrestling wasn't really the biggest thing on here. The longest match was a 10-minute match between D'Angelo, De Niro versus AJ. And then we have a five-minute match, a two-minute match, a two-minute and ten-seconds match. A six-minute match, a four-minute match, and a uh, two-minute and 30-second match. So wrestling is still not nearly important to TNA at this point. But it is what it is, I guess. Uh, We start off the show with that little replay that you just heard. And then we get a match between Brutus Magnus, a.k.a. Nick Aldis, maybe at the Rumble, uh, going against Mr. Anderson. And this match was two minutes and 35 seconds. It uh, starts off the show... uh, and it was a it was a match. I mean, it was just a match. I mean, you got Anderson in the in the beginning. He does his little talking about himself, saying he's the future. So here's this clip for you to listen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment that you've all been waiting for. that four-sided ring. Hey, 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 I didn't say that I was the future. Hulk Hogan said I was the future. And if Hulk Hogan said I was the future, well, you damn sure know it must be true. Uh, they show the replay of Jeff Jarrett getting his ass kicked by him, and uh, this match was uh, this match was a match. I mean, Nick Aldis is nowhere where he will be later on in TNA and later on in his career. But yeah, he lost to Mr. Anderson in two minutes and thirty five seconds. <laughs> Nothing important came out of here, but the only thing that I just you know I saw, I'm like, I really wish Anderson got a bigger push, or at least I wish Anderson was a bigger deal nowadays. Like. You know, he was just at the Wrestling Universe in Queens. Shout out to that wrestling store. Go check it out. He did some signings over there. But I wish he, like, he was like still in shape. I wish he was still competing. I wish like you know he, he's one of those wrestlers like he wasn't the best in ring, but he was just entertaining. And I'll still stand by that with these last couple of weeks that haven't been the greatest for him. But you know, it's it's not the wrestling that I'm here for. I'm for the the entertainment part of it. And him being a little asshole is just funny. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the match was definitely not to take away from it, but um, he moves forward in that little tournament they're doing, and uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think he'll definitely be honestly probably be a good fit for TNA right now. <laughs> like if he if he's a come to TNA, I think he'll be perfect there with with the uh, the way things go on in that show because that show is just wacky, and I think he could fit in because he's just kind of a wacky guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, he's he's there for the promos, and his promo before the match was was pretty good. Um, I thought it was nice. I thought it was a good short promo. So, um, 
I still have a memory of him being better. So I'm 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 still waiting for that 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 the moment to happen where he's like actually really good in the ring. Or maybe I'm just imagining things and it never happens. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever just really good in the ring. I think you know he's like one of those people that they're not a bad wrestler, but they're not a great wrestler. They're a wrestler. And they could go in the ring at the very least and put on a match that won't make you like you know excited. Like I don't think anyone's ever been like crazy about a, a Ken Anderson match, but they're like you know it's the fact that he's entertaining that carries him. I feel like that was like the biggest thing for the Miz for a good chunk of his career. I don't think a lot of his matches were crazy good, but they were a match. But it's people came to hear the Miz, people came to listen to the Miz. So I'll, I'll kind of like make it relevant to that what do you think because you used to be a big Miz fan <laughs> i don't think you're a Miz fan because of his matches though <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true like, i was definitely not a Miz fan because of match i was a Miz fan because his mic work and he was just entertaining as a character and axe Roddy. i thought he was cool he's kind of weird now but i thought he was cool <laughs> back then too he's wrestling again he's been wrestling for creative pro a bunch huh. recently yeah so maybe we'll see him pop up somewhere at some point uh i, I could see him popping up in tna honestly <laughs> Uh, talking about TNA, so you get Foley, he comes out, he's in a beat-up Honda Civic, it looks like. <laughs> Classic Foley, doesn't want to spend money on anything. Uh, Christy Hemi's backstage with Kurt Angle. Angle has a match against Tomko for this eight-card stud tournament that they're doing. Angle's pretty much upset because in the previous week uh, that we had TNA, um, Angle got his ass beat by Hall and Sixpack after shaking hands, uh, shaking hands with Hogan and kind of having a truce. This is, you know, all the fallout from the orange, the orange, the Orlando screw job. And Angle's like, "All right, this man shook my hand, but clearly had his lackeys. He had his boys come beat my ass. So here we are." Uh, so Angle's pissed, and he's warning Hulk Hogan. Uh, then we cut to Eric Bischoff. He comes out to the ring in one of the ugliest fucking green shirts I've ever seen. Just an, a green shirt, jeans, and a leather jacket. Like, no drip whatsoever. And I also hate how people just wear leather jackets to make themselves seem cooler. Like, that's like... Eric Bischoff is one of those people. He's like, oh, I'm definitely cool wearing this leather jacket. So, we get that. Mick Foley comes out. And Mick Foley's wearing a leather print shirt and a leather jacket, like a leather leather vest, that is. So he does seem cooler. And it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Uh, Foley basically says, you know, a lot of people have told him to talk bad about people like you. You know, he brings up, like, people have told me to talk bad about Buff Bagwell, <laughs> Paul Heyman. And then he goes, Jim Helwig. And so the other two, like Paul Heyman and Buff Bagwell, got little pops from the crowd. When he said Jim Hellwig, people were like, huh? Like, there was no noise. There's like the warrior, you know, the ultimate warrior. So I thought that was hilarious that people just like didn't know who the hell he was talking about, which makes sense. I wouldn't have known right off the top of my head. But, uh, but Mick's like, yeah, I can't stand you, Eric Bischoff. Foley is pissed, you know, because also Eric kind of threatened him saying, hey, if you don't want to play ball and you don't want to work for me, that's fine because you got some friends here that want to work for me and I can make their life basically a hard time. He's talking about Jeremy Borash and Abyss, and he is pissed off. Uh, what do you think about all this, Quade? What, what did you think about this little segment, which has been an ongoing thing, this feud between Bischoff and Foley? I still don't get it. I, I think this is something that I must have missed at some point about why David don't why he doesn't like him. I, I don't. I don't know. So I, I think I'm missing something. I don't know what it is though. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess Foley's going to find late in the night, and I don't know if I want. I don't, I don't remember if Foley's even like good <laughs> at this point in his career, but we'll see. Um, but I'm just confused by the storyline still. I don't know. And by good, do you mean in the ring or just like yeah, in the ring? Yeah, he probably. I mean, by this point, this is like he's at the last like one or two matches of his career, so I don't think he'll be good, but. I mean, I like the passion behind him. He had a quote that I, I, I brought out that was really good because he was talking about because uh, Eric Bischoff's like, well, I'm a best-selling author just like you. And then Foley interrupts him and be like, yeah, you are. And I actually have a quote about, you know, in reference to you. It says, power should be limited to those who are not in love with it. And I thought that was a really mm. good quote because that makes that makes a lot of sense because, you know, some people who end up in power are just some of the worst people because they, they thrive off of it, but not in the good way. Like Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, also, to 
Uh, we are recording in the middle of AEW, and I have AEW on the side. I'm not listening to it, so the audio isn't messed up, but I see they're doing a Jay Briscoe tribute video, which is pretty awesome. Shout out to Tony Khan, because apparently, you know, Warner Brothers didn't want to do it, but TK pushed the buttons enough to make it happen, so I like that. Yeah, I have to sound very, very low in my headphones, but there's some sad music being played and a really good video package. Yeah. I gotta check this out afterwards. I think uh, this week on YouTube, I'll share on Twitter and on our socials the entire uh, playlist that I wanted to put together. Just really good Jay, uh, Jay Briscoe matches for people to check out. Uh, anywho, uh, where were we? So, essentially, this uh, whole feud has been going on between Foley and Bischoff. Bischoff is just a piece of shit. I think that's why this feud is happening. He's a piece of shit, and Foley doesn't want to be there. And Bischoff doesn't want Foley there. But no real, like, you know, singular moment that you could point to to lead to why, like, this is still happening. Um, but then you have, you know, Eric Bischoff basically says, all right, fine, you know, you know, you can walk away if you want, but, you know, your friend's jobs are still on the line. And, uh, you know, he goes, he talks about being going tit for tat. So, you know, Kevin Nash is going to go against Mick Foley in a no disqualification match. And then, you know, for some reason, Eric Bischoff goes, titty tat, titty tat, titty tat. I'll play that clip for you people. Hey, Mick! Titty tatty, titty tatty, titty tatty! When he said that, I was just confused. I'm like, what the hell was that? Uh, but that was a segment. And then we go backstage to Jeremy Borash and Abyss, and Abyss is worried as hell. I mean, the character work from Abyss <laughs> is amazing. It's so sad that, like, we never got abyss to come to wwe as abyss or at least we don't get enough joseph park stuff like just the man who is abyss slash joseph park so good at his stuff like he needs some more moments yeah they should have definitely put some joseph park in WWE. that would have been pretty cool but yeah abyss backstage i forgot how funny abyss is like in this phase of his character where he's like not the monster but he's kind of just like a little bit more humanized kind of like a mcfoley but in a more, I don't want to say childish way, but I guess a more worried way in a, in a sense. Does that make sense? No, yeah. we. I mean, I agree. And we're going to get more of that soon because I'm pretty sure, like, he's going to lose his confidence or whatnot. And that's what's going to lead to us getting Abyss to be with Hulk Hogan. I think at some point, whenever Mick Foley's gone, that's when they put Abyss with Hogan. Um, and then he gives him the WWE Championship. Uh, I mean, WWE hall of fame ring which i believe deadlock <laughs> they just did an episode about that this past uh monday so go check that out uh deadlock uh podcast uh anywho uh tara and christy hemi one of christy hemi's 80 million backstage segments tonight uh tara and christy hemi are backstage tara is basically saying hey i got a match against angelina love i never liked her now i like her but she's not getting the belt and then we move on to another tag team match uh of the night well yeah, our only tag team match of the night. Uh, and it's for the tag team titles. It's Hernandez and Matt Morgan, the new champions, going against Team 3D, brother Devon and brother Ray, which after seeing this, I'm like, huh, Devon doesn't work for WWE anymore. How long until we see him in Impact to like <laughs> tell Bully Ray you're being a piece of shit or whatever they're going to do? It's only a matter of time, I feel. Uh, I watched this match in three times speed. This match was only five minutes long, and I'm happy I watched it in three times speed because there was not a good thing about this. I mean, it's just a classic wrestling match. There's nothing crazy. There's nothing enjoyable that I can really pull out of this. Um, but it was just a match. A lot of these matches are just a match. Uh, the Nasty Boys cost Team 3D to win, uh, cost them the win, which is what I expected. They're wearing these shirts that say Nasty I am, which just made me laugh. And uh, they try to jump Team 3D afterwards, but Matt Morgan and Hernandez came to their aid. Really not much to say here. It was kind of... Yeah, the moment the Nasty Boys came out, I I lost interest. I don't want to see that team. I'm sorry. I have no connection to them. I don't get it. Why they're here? Take them away. It's like, please. For real, man. I mean... I think we have one more show before Against All Odds. I kind of almost want to skip it to just get to Against All Odds because I know they're going to have their match at some point. And I just want the match to happen just so they can be gone. But I don't know how long they last. So after that match and after that moment, we got a singles match between Samoa Joe and this guy named Jesse Neal. 
immediately I'm like, who is this jobber showing up right now? <laughs> this match lasted for two minutes. I'm like, who the hell is Jesse Neal? So, of course, I looked him up. He was in TNA from 2009 to 2011. This man has a very, very, very 2009 spiky uh, spiky mohawk and tattoos all over the place. He's like a very shittier, probably more like looking like a racist version of Shannon Moore. <laughs> I mean, he just he just looks like shit. Um, go look up photos of him if you guys are interested. Um, he tag team with Rhino for a bit, but most of the time I'm looking, whenever he was in TNA, he was mostly losing. And he had some TNA matches. He was on TNA house shows. His most notable promotions that he worked for was TNA, uh, was the uh, New York Wrestling Connection, which is one of the indie promotions here in New York, and uh, some random NWA promotions here and there. Last match in 2019. Just another match that's like, okay, this is just why I'd rather have this. Uh, I would have rathered a segment than just wasting time on a two minute match where Samoa Joe literally comes, does the Samoa, Jing, the Samoa Joe thing where he walks away when someone jumps off the top rope, hits a muscle buster, one, two, three. Like that was just, that was pointless. There's nothing to grab from this besides who the fuck is Jesse Neal and why is he contracted? <laughs> Yeah, this 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 was a random match, and they could at least put some more joke in someone like useful. I mean, not useful. That's a bad way to put it. Someone to actually know, you know. Uh, and then uh, like, I'm sure you got other well known jobs on your roster that you could that could eat a uh, eat a L real quick. So, um, yeah, but this is just a pointless match, honestly. Yeah, it really is. Nothing nothing going on here. I'm glad we get more Samoa Joe later on, but kind of a waste. Uh, then we get Hogan and Christy Hemi. <laughs> Christy Hemi is back there talking to Hogan, and Hogan's basically said, "Hey, Angle, you know where I'm at. <laughs> basically, find me in my room." Uh, then we get a non-title matchup between D'Angelo De- De- De Niro against AJ Styles with Ric Flair. AJ doesn't have the robe yet, so we're we're not there quite yet. But uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't looking up for a bit at one moment during this match, and I'm like, "Who's this?" bald referee and why is that at first i'm like why is kurt angle the special guest referee <laughs> when did i miss this but it was just some bald referee that i never noticed before so that guy was there i watched this match also in a little bit of speed just so i could get through the rest of the show quick uh for the podcast but solid match um better than all the other matches because they at least had some time this match was about 10 minutes long uh and it won with a uh, uh aj lost this match AJ lost the world champion lost to D'Angelo De Niro uh, from a quick roll up, which then led to Flair and AJ beating up the Pope. And I just got, I, I started laughing when I saw Flair was jumping somebody and then Samoa Joe came out to save him. Security came out, you know, Flair tries to threaten Samoa Joe, which I'm like, Flair, what do you know who you're talking to right now? At one point, uh, Samoa Joe goes, shut your mouth before I stomp the rest of the nature out of your ass, which I thought was great. Um, and this is, uh, he, he basically challenges AJ Styles to a match for the TNA title at Against All Odds. I don't remember this match, but I hope it's a good one. Um, good good props on D'Angelo. I mean, D'Angelo, this should be a triple threat match because he just beat the world champion. Sure, it was a non-title match, but D'Angelo deserves a spot. And that was a solid match. That was the best match of the show. Yeah, that's actually a really good match. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching that one. And I, I was, was shocked to see that D'Angelo got the win. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty dope. Um, I honestly shocked the match happened in general because I thought they would just put AJ against, I don't know, random people and just, like, give him a couple couple wins and here and there, just, like, for a storyline. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that, that was honestly pretty cool. And then Samoa Joe, um, I always want to see him win. I mean, not see him win, but I always want to see him in the main event spot. So that it will be better than the match that we just saw a couple, a couple seconds before. So... Yeah, you know, it's crazy because the more and more we get to see the Pope on these episodes of TNA, the Pope is probably one of my favorite things that we get each week. And also it's like, damn, TNA did this man dirty because this guy, the Pope can go. The same with WWE. Like, I forgot why they ended up releasing him, but the Pope can put on a solid match. He's entertaining when he's not like, you know, forced to say whatever bullshit you're being like, you know, WWE wrestlers used to be fed. The Pope is actually pretty good, so it's sad that he never ever like really gets to the point where he should within his time in TNA. Like he's eventually going to be doing this feud with Orlando Jordan, so it's kind of sad. 
Not gonna lie. Yeah, this uh, and uh, yeah, I remember when he was back in WWE, like on ECW and stuff. I honestly thought he should have probably been pushed way more. Did he get released or did he quit WWE? If you ever, I, if you know. I, I'd imagine he got released. Okay, yeah, that, 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 that sucks. Yeah, because he probably could have been someone who's like, I don't know. The first person I could think of was like a Kofi, because Kofi was in East W at the same time he was. So maybe he probably could have, like, if he had stayed, maybe he could have got some type of like a push or something down the line. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely feel like he should have been someone who should have been bigger than what he became because of his mic skills, too. But now he's in the NWA, I guess, but. I don't know yeah. anybody who watches that, so <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube and it's not a big deal, so it's unfortunate. Uh, then we get <laughs> Christy Hemi once again, and she's backstage with Angelina Love, and she basically, you know, is talking to Angelina, and she's like, "Hey, do you expect the beautiful people to be showing up during your match?" And she's like, "Yeah," and that's kind of what that was. That was <laughs> pointless. Uh, we got Kevin Nash, Eric Young, and Easy E, aka Eric Bischoff, backstage. Uh, Eric Bischoff basically goes and it's like, hey, I want to talk to you, Kevin. Eric Young introduces himself and he's like, hey, Eric, Eric Bischoff's like, who the hell are you? And then he introduces himself, says, you know, I'm the global champion. I'm the leader of whatever faction I forget at the top of my head right now. Um, and he's like, oh, OK. And then he asks him to leave. And then Eric Bischoff's like, yeah, that's a name I'm not going to remember in a week. <laughs> Like, wow, way to fucking shit on Eric Young. Um, like, good thing he's going to be showing up back in WWE pretty soon uh, with um, uh, with what they're doing with Nikki Cross and whatnot from what I'm seeing. Uh, but Bischoff basically said, Kevin, please, fuck up Mick Foley. Fucking kill this man. And Kevin Nash is like, okay, so you're asking for a favor, yet my boys, Scott Hall and Six Pac, don't have a contract. And he's like, okay, fine. So you want to, uh, well, they suck. They're, they're shitty people. And uh, they don't want to play ball. And if you don't want to play ball, you know, he basically says you're probably going to get fired if you don't do what I need you to do. Uh, even though he doesn't want to fire him because they're trying to be friends. So Eric Bischoff continues to be the character of a piece of shit. Then we get Christy Hemi backstage with Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Christy Hemi is working hard. I'm surprised she does not have a job right now. Uh, Christy Hemi, uh, she has this moment with Mick Foley and Foley, you know, he's going to go out there and he says, look, you know, I have to go out there. I got to do this for Jeremy for Eric, for Abyss. You know, I, I thought me and Kevin Nash had settled our differences because they have wrestled before. They actually wrestled for the legend championship when that was a thing. And I do remember seeing their match. It was like a hardcore match and Mick Foley bled a lot. Um, but at one point, Abyss comes out, and he's nervous as all heck, and he's worried about what's going to happen. And McFoley basically tells him, don't worry, I got this. At one point, he starts saying, whatever I touch melts in my clutch. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, wait, did he just quote Mr. Heatmiser? And I'm like, yeah, he did. Mr. Heatmiser is from it's a little puppet from the year without a Santa Claus. I don't think you know the reference I'm talking about, Claudia, but you probably have heard of it if you look it up on YouTube. And everyone knows that Mick Foley is obsessed with Santa Claus. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he's yeah, I do know he's a Santa Claus, but yeah, I, I definitely don't know the reference though. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect you to, but you'll probably if you look it up on YouTube, you'll you'll be like, oh, I've kind of heard of this. Uh, then we get our second, oh, third to last match because they they they're able to fit so many matches when they're not more than like five minutes long. Uh, we get an eight card stud qualified match between Kurt Angle and Tomko. Uh, it's uh, I just look at Tomko, I'm like, damn, Tomko. Not only do you look like a skinhead, but you are not in the shape you used to be in because Tomko used to be in good shape, pretty pretty ripped, but he's just like really just like they just gave this man a contract, man, like. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of disappointing to watch, but this match is nothing special. A bunch of Germans, a bunch of grappling, an angle slam, an ankle lock for the win. Uh, so right now, qualified for this match, uh, the eight-card stud tournament, you got Kurt Angle, Desmond Wolf, Hernandez, and Mr. Anderson. Four more spots left. Nothing really to say here. He's not going to lie. I mean... It's a Kurt Angle is great that you know he's in this tournament. Anything with Kurt Angle is great, but when you're putting him against someone like a Tomko, who no one ever talked about Tomko for wrestling or Mike, they just talked about him for oh look, that's the guy with Christian. So <laughs> it's um, 
that's all you can really say for that. <laughs> he's just heavy. He's just muscle. That's what he really is. That's what he's supposed to be. But now he's just heavy. Just heavy set. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. This match was just, I was just like, all right, cool. Um, I, yeah, Tonko, he's just a sidekick. I, I don't want to be mean, but he's a sidekick to Christian. He's a sidekick to, I guess, Angle at one point. He's, he's part of Team Angle or whatnot they was talking about. Um he was a sidekick. Well, he was tag yeah. team champs with AJ when because he, he was feuding with AJ before AJ now is heel. So it, 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 it makes no sense to me. But um, teenagers be all over the place. But yeah, I don't know. I, I have no strong feelings towards Tomko. Um, Kurt, I'd rather see Kurt get wins. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So this match wasn't anything special. Even with Kurt Angle in it, you can't really do anything special here. Um, so then we have a little package just showcasing that they're in the uk then we get a little segment showcasing hogan nash and the foley stuff so i'll add that clip so you guys can listen to right now on behalf of everybody at tna wrestling we are so thrilled to have you join our company not only the fans will go where hulk hogan goes i've proved that the talent in this wrestling business isn't far behind hulk comes back he's not coming along you heard what kevin nash said he said hulk hogan is not coming in alone I know how bad you wanted to uh, have a sit down with Hulk, and I've, I've arranged it. You, you've arranged me and Hulk? Yes. Today? I mean, tomorrow. You're gonna tomorrow. Have to, you're going to have to leave, like, right now. If we can make this thing work out with Hogan, at least get on the same page, then everything will be forgiven. Lou Ferrigno? Yes. How I'm you? guessing you're sitting in on my meeting. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to be here with the Hulk, talking TNA business. I am the Hulk. I'm sorry to waste your time, and Kevin Nash is going to be sorry he wasted my time. I guarantee you that. Mick Foley, you made the biggest mistake of your life today. January 4th, live, Impact, Hulk Hogan will be here. You will be unemployed. But we know that's Hulk Hogan's limo and he's in there, but who? It's with the second limo, and I guess Kevin Nash was right. Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. I made myself a promise. I would never work for Eric Bischoff again. You've got no power. You've got no control. You've got nothing but one choice. And that's to get in line with everybody else. Put your boots on and fight for your job. And we get uh, Nash. He's backstage. He goes to Hogan. He's still advocating for Hall and Pac. And, you know, he's like, we need them there. You know, I need them signed. Like, they're my boys. Like, they're your boys. And then Hogan keeps saying, like, oh, you got to worry about yourself, man. These guys are pieces of shit. So, I mean, I guess it's not NWO for life, huh? <laughs> Anywho. Uh, then we get the TNA Women's Knockout title match. This match went off for six minutes. Tara versus Angelina Love. Tara gets to win. This match is also nothing, you know, spectacular. Um, Taz is a big fan of Angelina Love, he says, which basically means I am horny. My name is Taz. Um, and talking about horny, I mean, very interesting. I was watching this. I'm like, I think for the entire match, except for like one minute of this six minute match, Tara is blurred the entire time because I guess she had a nip slip. And for scientific purposes for the podcast, I looked up to see what this nip slip was without the blur. <laughs> I don't know how they noticed that she had a nip slip because it is so hard to tell. I don't think anyone would have noticed, even if they were in the front row. So that was just interesting. I was like, why is she blurred the entire time? And it was like, not just her chest, like the way they blurred it, it looked like they blurred most of her body. But uh, this match was a match. Nothing crazy again. I mean, that's TNA right now. No good wrestling until you get to like a pay-per-view, I'd imagine. (laughs) Honestly. And uh, Tara has a nip slip. She gets to win. The beautiful people come to jump Angelina Love, but Tara helps uh, Angelina Love out. What do you, what do you think? What do you... I I skimmed through this match because I was like, oh shoot, I gotta finish this up. Um, so I didn't really get too much out of it, but you know, um, I didn't realize it blurred Tara. That's that's funny. I guess I guess whoever's backstage editing that caught glimpse and went overboard with the poor editing. But um, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm excited to see. Like you said, I, I think the women, the knockout matches haven't been too crazy so far. There's been like a couple of good ones, but I'm excited to see where they could take it in terms of on the pay per view. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tara. I'm a big fan of Jenny Love. 
well, I was a big fan of Gene, SG Love at the time. Um, so interesting to see what this goes to. Yeah, and Tara's actually, I just saw she uh, had a match in TNA just the other week. So that's oh, wow. cool that she may or may not be back. And Angelina Love, I thought she was still married to uh, Davey Richards, but they are not married anymore. So just learned that the other day. Uh, okay, where were we? Um, so after this match, we get Angle. He goes back to Hogan's office and he's pissed off. And he's like, why the hell did you get your boys to beat me up? And then Hogan's like, uh, well, I'm not even trying to give him a contract. Why do you think I would let them beat you up? Like, I am not a part of this whatsoever. And he basically tells Angle, cut your attitude. I heard your attitude cost you a lot of opportunities, uh, which is also kind of real life because uh, I've been listening to the Kurt Angle podcast here and there when I can. And he talks about his temper. Like, he basically has had a very bad temper over his career, and especially with Vince McMahon in certain times, especially towards the end of his WWE tenure. There's a great episode where he talks about, like, him being moved to ECW, and there's some great stuff there. Um, but, yeah, Hogan tells Angle, cut it out and stop attacking me because I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so you better cut your shit out. And Angle leaves pissed. Uh, so then we're at the main event of our show, a no disqualification match between Kevin Nash and Mick Foley. And this match goes for a nice two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it's incredible, man. This could have been really cool. Like on paper, when you hear this card, it doesn't sound bad, really. Besides maybe Kurt Angle and Tomko, I don't expect that to be anything. But it's like, oh, no disqualification match between Kevin Ash McFoley signed me up, and then it's only two minutes. The most, and it, it's such a wacky match too. Foley comes out with the barbed wire bat. Nash comes out with a cart full of weapons. Foley is swinging this bat at Nash, and Nash is just blocking it with everything he can until he gets the offense on uh, McFoley. McFoley finally gets offense back again, and this is all in the span of two minutes. He goes to grab like a picture frame, which has a like a drawing, a caricature of McFoley in abyss. And while it looks like just he's waiting to take the big boot from Kevin Nash commentary is like, Oh, he hesitated because of this photo of him in a <laughs> I'm like, no, it just looked like he was waiting for that spot, bro. Like, <laughs> it's a good way to sell it. He's like, you know, trying to be sentimental about this photo. He's about to crack over the head of Kevin Nash, but it just looked like he was waiting for the spot and Mick Foley loses to a big boot in two minutes in a no DQ match. And then Six Pack and Hall, who also snuck into the arena, I forgot to mention that, they come out and they beat the shit out of Kevin Nash, <laughs> the guy that is defending them, the guy that is trying to get him a contract. They decide to jump him. And that is your show. That is an episode of TNA for you. What the fuck, Quade? What, what, what was that? <laughs> the way the way they switched up on on Nash so quickly, it's like no warning, no no warning signs to my knowledge or anything. Just say, you know, he gets a job, he's gonna beat him up and just call it a day. I just say, all right, that's 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 kind of funny. Um, I thought that was gone. I thought the last time I saw, it, I thought that was it. I thought that was gonna come back, but it looks like I was I was wrong about that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is TNA, man. I mean, now we're, we have to see him again because they just jumped Kevin Nash. <laughs> I don't understand this episode. I don't understand TNA, just the directions. Like, I don't think it's that hard to put on a wrestling show. I could be fucking completely wrong. Like, obviously, there's so much that has to go with it, but whoever's writing these stories, they're just stupid, man. Whoever's getting <laughs> the final approval on creative, they don't deserve to be working here, man. Like, it is rough to watch some of this. Especially just the parts, like, it's either rough or just convoluted or dumb. <laughs> it's like, this is only February, and Hogan's been in charge for about a month. We gotta start fa pressing the fast-forward button on some things. I might have to take the bullet and just watch certain episodes before you do, just to be like, alright, this is worth it, this isn't worth it. Just to find out the entertaining moments of it all. But that is TNA 2010, February 2nd. We just need... We just oh, need someone God. out there to just like put a review <laughs> like of every episode, and that'll save us. Yeah, save us some time because honestly, I got to figure out what's going on here. But uh, I will probably watch this next episode and let you know whether or not it's worth it. 
Or if not, I guess maybe we're going straight to against all odds, which I, it must be happening soon. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll figure out a we'll figure out a way to make it worth it for certain times when there's nothing but shit on the episodes. But that is your episode of TNA. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, that is our episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. You can always catch us on the Russell Buzz Podcast Network feed, available wherever you get your podcast at. If you haven't already, go check out the. Uh, prediction episode gurge joseph crush and myself did that is already on the show that is already on the feed and then if you want you could go check out the little trivia show that we're gonna do that comes out tomorrow friday so follow that enjoy the rumble check us out on social media at project underscore kfabe and uh you can check me out on twitter at jobro316 i'll be streaming on twitch throughout the next couple of weeks so join me follow me help me get to affiliate and uh, go check out Quad A and follow his shit. It's uh, at it's Quad A. And Quad A, you got anything else dropping anytime soon? You want to plug? No, not 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 right now. I'm, I'm going. I mean, I'm going to record some stuff this week and hopefully so we'll see. But no promises. No promises, but content to be coming from Quad A. And hey, if you're interested in podcasts that are about film, television, and a lot of bullshit, go listen to my other podcast, App Strictly Nonsense. Uh, at Strict Nonsense is our social media. So just look at Strictly Nonsense wherever you get your podcast at, and you can find all that good stuff. That being said, peace out, people. <laughs>